This week's episode is brought to you by Osea. Osea Malibu is the original plant-based, results-driven skincare line. Go to oseamalibu.com slash nomeatathlete for a $10 discount on your first purchase of $50 or more. Free shipping for U.S. orders over $75 and free samples with every order. Today's episode is also brought to you by Ritual Zero Proof. Ritual Zero Proof spirit alternatives are crafted from all natural botanicals. Ritual whiskey, gin, and tequila alternatives deliver the flavor, aroma, and burn of liquor without the alcohol. Go to RitualZeroProof.com and use the promo code NOMEATATHLETE for 20% off your first purchase. Enjoy the ritual without the alcohol. Hi, this is Hope. This is Kareem. Hi, this is Katie from Washington, D.C., and you're listening to No Meat Athlete Radio. Okay, welcome to my dear friend, Izzy Fisher. So excited. I am Matt Tolman, driving the podcast alone for the first time. I, <laughs> I, I didn't realize how much I relied on Doug and Matt as like a safety blanket, but I'm super excited to be interviewing a fellow Boulderite, an expert in nutrition, and a fantastic chef. Uh, I've been snacking on some of your creations all morning. Uh, <laughs> oh yeah, it's great. So welcome, Izzy. Thanks, Matt. How's it going? It's going really well, although I think uh, we're going to have to talk about this at a later date, but but the uh, endurance fuel bites that you made for me this morning uh, are so yummy that I've actually just been popping them like candy. And I'm pretty sure I've ingested way too much sodium this morning as a result. <laughs> um, so, <laughs> I'm, Well, it's uh, organic sea salt, so we don't have to worry about that. Okay. <laughs> Although that's, I'm not that's, sure. If, that's just something you can tell yourself maybe to sleep better at night. <laughs> I, I was going to say because I, uh, I grabbed four packs of what you made me and poured them into a bowl. And, uh, and I was just like, yeah, I'm going to get to those when, when I go for a bike ride later this afternoon or something. And, and, uh, but I just couldn't resist. And one thing led to another. And I've, I'm like two packs in probably. Uh, it's good to hear. I mean, my brother has actually been stealing them. I have all these samples in my basement and my fridge. And my brothers came out this morning and he had a bunch sticking out of his uh, cycling kit. And I was like, what are you doing there, Jesse? <laughs> and he's like, I, there were no other bike snacks. I was like, okay. <laughs> no, it's good. I was like, let me know how they, how they work. Come on. Yeah. Well, so let, let's back up and, and share a little bit of context with everyone. Um, so again, uh, Izzy is currently working for a, a USDA institute. I hope I got that correct. Uh, yep, yep. You've done a lot of study with Ray Cronice, um, mm -hmm. a dear friend of No Meat Athlete. You're a very competitive triathlete, uh, and you've also taken your nutrition uh, into your own hand and, and have been experimenting for years as you make these, these homemade treats. And, and that's where you and I started a few months ago talking about, um, uh, a lot of challenges that endurance athletes face in terms of fuel. And it's led to a, a price process that I'm really excited about. It's the same one we used, uh, working with the Nomad athlete community to create complement. And of course, the other products, Complement Plus and Complement Protein. But we've identified this issue that so many of us suffer from, uh, which is we take great care of our 
nutrition our, of our health generally and, and of what we eat all the time except for when we get on the bike or when we yeah. <laughs> get in the pool for for training or, or we go for a long run in which case so often we grab these like goos and gummies and just weird stuff that wouldn't ever be part of our diet if not for this like sort totally. of performance need and so you and I have been talking about that. We've started uh, talking to the Nomad Athlete community about their problems, about their hopes and dreams for a product that we might all be able to enjoy. Um, and I would love to offer anyone who's listening, if you want to participate, go to nomadathlete.com slash fuel survey. If you're on our email list, we just sent out an email with a link to it yesterday so you can search your inbox, but nomadathlete.com slash fuel, F-U-E-L, survey, and, uh, and you'll be able to, to give us your thoughts on, on all these topics because, again, our goal is, um, assuming that everyone else is as, as passionate about this as we are, uh, to create really a, a whole foods snack that allows us to fuel our performance, our training, uh, just as much as those goos and gummies, but obviously in a, in a much healthier way. So anyway, a little bit of a preamble, but super excited to have you on the show, Izzy, to, to dig into all this stuff, learn from you about how you fuel and, and maybe get into some some practical tips. Um, yeah. But I think I think the best place to start is tell us a little bit about your, your background, how you became a, a competitive athlete and uh, and a little bit about your your thoughts around nutrition. Okay, sure. Yeah, I'm super excited. Um, and yeah, I would love for people to take that survey so we can learn more, create something awesome. Um, but and I'll th start. Thousands of people have already, and we're going to get into some of the initial results because they're, they're pretty interesting. But anyway, sorry to cut you off. No, no worries. Um, great. Well, I started my basically my obsession with nutrition and food as a young competitive swimmer. And it was in high school where I was kind of obsessing over food, nutrition, fad dieting, really. I always wanted to look better. Uh, it was this love of food that I kind of mistaken for a, a love of nutrition science, but I didn't really know what I was doing. And I'm sure my story, it looks pretty similar to a lot of other young female athletes wanting to look like other athletes and be smaller, but not necessarily be you know, perform better. And so I was doing a lot of calorie counting. I was eating paleo. I was, you know, it, it really sacrificed my health at a young age. And I think this is a lot of what other people experience, whether you're an athlete or not. Um, and over time, it really wore down on my health. I developed an autoimmune disease at the age of 16 that was a blood test alluded to the fact that I was developing a chronic disease called Gray's disease, which runs on my family. And I didn't figure out for years uh, after that, that I still, the problem was my diet. I was eating so much meat and dairy products. Uh, my coaches were always so impressed with me in practice because I was such a strong practice swimmer. I was swimming with the fastest swimmers during my training, but I couldn't compete. Like I, I couldn't get to that next level in my competition. And I was frustrated. My coaches were frustrated. Um, and I knew that I was doing something wrong in nutrition, but I had this obsession with wanting to look better that I never really changed what I was doing, even though I was sacrificing my performance and I was sacrificing my health. Um, so it actually wasn't until 
like halfway through college when I switched to competitive triathlon, um, my first coach was eating plant-based and I, it was actually the first time I've ever heard of it, which is so ironic to me because the amount of time I was spending reading about food and food blogs and podcasts and books, everything was this anti-inflammatory diet, like paleo, you know, eat more mm. chicken breasts and egg whites. And I was eating like in the morning I would wake up and eat like half a pound of turkey sausage and sweet potatoes. And then I would have chicken and spaghetti squash for lunch and then more chicken and broccoli with oil all over it for dinner. And I, I like truly thought that was healthy, you know. It's um, amazing how much like, you know, when you finally make the, you know, you become aware of the plant-based, uh, you know, ethos that all of a sudden you're like, how how is it so, you know, captivating that all of us like really, I mean, I'm the same way, I, you know, Pretty sure I started reading Men's Health magazine when I was like eight years old, <laughs> and uh, and still to this day, you know, you look at what what is being promoted as healthy, and it's exactly what you just said. And it's, it's amazing to me just how, like I say, you can become so engrossed and and believe so yeah. strongly that that is healthy. Yeah, it's it's terrifying because it's this nutrition confusion. And I'm a spin instructor and in Boston, and my my athletes and my classes, they all are you know, they're dealing with the same thing. They're like, what do I eat? When do I eat? Like, it's so confusing all the time. And it's honestly overwhelming for people that they're trying to lose weight. They're trying to perform better, but there's so much information all the time being bombarded at all of us. Um, and so over time with my plant-based coach, I decided that I would try it. Um, so I started eating plant-based, but I really didn't know what I was doing. I was reading more things about, you know, there's there's a lot of people that coin the term plant-based and it's really just vegan junk food, you know. So I was eating a lot of, you know, vegan replacements and vegan chicken nuggets and making like lots of broccoli again with like dunking olive oil on it and sweet potatoes with like pounds of hummus and I, I was actually gaining weight and I was like I, my performance wasn't increasing and I was like okay I give up like I was ready to give up because I've struggled with this you know for so much of my life and I was just never at that place where I wanted to be and I had so much potential as an athlete for my whole life um and so I started actually not giving up because that's not who I am even though I said I wanted to give up I did the opposite I was working at Fidelity Investments at the time um, in a culture that was lots of drinking and you know constantly going to Duncan and I was like what the heck like I'm eating better than all of these people well I think that I'm eating better than all of these people I'm, I'm devoting so much of my time researching food and I still don't feel like I'm at this top level of performance so I started doing more research and I was actually walking home from a day of work at Fidelity uh, after like three, I walked to Dunkin' Donuts three times with my coworkers and they got donuts every single time. And I was like, what the heck is wrong? Like, what is wrong with this culture of food? Um, and it was a rich roll podcast where Ray and Juliana Hever, Ray Chronics and Juliana Hever's partner um, were interviewed. And I don't know what it was about this podcast, but I remember thinking like, wow, I'm doing this totally wrong. Like these people know what they're doing and I'm eating what I think is healthy, but I have no idea what I'm doing. And 
this passion for food that I've always had, even though it manifested in unhealthy habits, it kind of became, it was over-consuming. And I was like, I have to meet these people. I started reading all of their research. I started listening to every podcast and getting all these books that they recommended and watching these documentaries. And I was so sold. I was like, okay, I got to figure out how to work with them because I need to figure out how to eat this way. And I, I've never been able to figure out. Um, so I did end up meet them and track them down. And they totally changed my perception on nutrition. And I adopted a fully oil-free, plant-based diet, really, really low in alcohol. And I have a very interesting perception on mealtimes and nutrition in general. And I quit my job at Fidelity and I got a job at Tufts working at the Human Nutrition Research Center on anti-aging. And I lost the weight I had always wanted to lose uh, for my whole athletic life. Um, And even though it wasn't much, it was it was enough to make me feel all of a sudden like I was on track and like I could, I could focus on my performance and doing better. And for the first time in my life, like it wasn't about weight. It wasn't about looking better. It was about prioritizing my health. And that's, that's how I found a plant-based diet. Very cool. I, there's so much to, to poke and prod into with that. And, uh, and, and particularly, I mean, Ray Cronice, I think is, one of the smartest people uh, out there. Absolutely. Uh, so, with, but but um, I'd love to turn this into some practical tips and tricks for those listening, um, rather than getting in too deep to the nutrition science. And maybe we'll have to have Ray back on here and uh, can dig into that with him. Um, but but let's talk about first of all, you're you're a real outspoken critic. Uh, for overnutrition mm-hmm. in sport. Yeah. Uh, what What is overnutrition to you? So I think that overnutrition, it means a lot of things to a lot of different people in life where I think that most of Americans eat too much and are very concerned about nutrition. But in sport, it's very different. Um, there's this concept in athletics that's called training your stomach. For anyone that works with a coach who works with a team, They've probably heard of this concept where training your stomach, not only do you have to train your muscles and your endurance and your cardiovascular system, but you have to prepare your stomach for the worst case scenario. So let's say that you're used to fueling on, you know, a certain gel or a certain gummy and you're racing and all of a sudden your gummies from your kid or wherever you carry your fuel, they, they fall out of your kid or they drop or you forgot them or something happened during transition or whatever. Um, you have to be prepared to eat whatever's at the aid station. And, you know, it makes total sense, I'm being sarcastic here, that if you are doing something athletic, the things that you're eating are going to automatically cause you a horrible stomach ache, right? So you have to be prepared for that. So you have to eat everything that you're going to find in an aid station during training. So I was eating like this fully plant-based, healthy lifestyle for my whole life. And I was so involved in the nutrition world. But during training, I was drinking Red Bull and Coke. And I was eating Swedish fish and jawbreakers and goo. And I mean, these this stuff is just... It's so bad for you. And it, it doesn't make me feel good. I was leaving every workout just feeling disgusting. Um, and it's really, really common in athletics. And it wasn't until a race that I, I ended up being able to finish. But 
on the entire half marathon portion of the run, I was vomiting. Like I had horrible GI issues. Um, and that's when I kind of started to really learn this overnutrition aspect in athletics where these people are so concerned with more like train your stomach. Like you're so worried about nutrition all the time. But like, why do we, why, it's what you said at the beginning of this episode. Like why, why do we prioritize our health so much, but we make an exception for sports and athletics, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I I mean, I'm, I'm new to the endurance world, admittedly, just in the, only in the past year or so have I picked up, uh, you know, distance cycling and, uh, I'm learning quickly, but, but never in my wildest dreams would I have ever thought like I should drink Coke um, you know, or, or Red Bull or anything like that. Cause like, it's just, but, but it makes sense, right. That, right. you know, for you who's competing, right. I'm out there for health and the enjoyment. And, and let me tell you, you know, I've, I also, you know, I never knew what bonking was, <laughs> uh, you know, I, I honestly didn't. Um, I mean, I remember my uh, sister-in-law is a dietitian and she mentioned like, you know, make sure to eat enough while you're cycling. Like, yeah, you know, whatever. I'll tap into fat stores. It's no big deal. Right. You know, I've, I've, I've been active and, and, uh, you know, exercise every day of my life, you know. Um, but, but I never knew, you know, 40, 50 miles in, <laughs> like just what that feels like when like your body Not has great. nothing left, you know? Right. Uh, but... and so I started, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. Well, so I started looking into it more and, 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 and so this, this fueling question is something that I've been thinking about for the last year because I went, I've done everything from literally grabbing, you know, five bananas, which is not a very comfortable thing to put in the back of your jersey. <laughs> no, no, um, no, no, no. You know, and then like Bobo bars and like, um, which is a Boulder company that is like, you know, all these, it's gluten-free oats essentially, but mm-hmm. with rice syrup and, and a bunch of processed stuff in it, you know, and. And like just mixing and matching bananas and bars and like when I needed a jolt of energy, like I would I would go to like the scratch gummies or something. But mm-hmm. but like you, you know, I'd come home and and I you just kind of feel I mean sure satisfied because you had a great ride, but but at the same time like a little gross. Yeah, <laughs> you like know? you left a candy um, shop, like you just were sampling candy, like you didn't have too much, but like just enough to make you feel like you don't want to eat again, you know. <laughs> <laughs> right. And, and for like an 80 mile ride, you know, I, I could easily eat seven of these Bobo bars because they're only, you know, right. something like 200 calories a pop. But but you then add in some of those gummies near the end for the quick sugar, you know, and a handful of bananas and some dates. And, and all of a sudden, like like you say, you're just it's just gross. So it's gross. Yeah. <laughs> well, let's let's talk about that. So what uh, tell me, educate me. Because you've done, I mean, you've qualified for like the world championship, you know, triathlon, like you've done a lot more research into this than I have and probably even many of our listeners. Um, let's start with the basics. Like what, what's the problem, if there is one, with just fueling with whole foods, right? Like theoretically, mm-hmm. if I could carry 15 bananas with me, you know, nutritionally speaking, is there like any performance issue that I'll, that I'll find? Well, okay. First of all, I think that there should be a ban on bringing bananas on bike rides because the amount of times I have fallen off my bike from hitting a banana peel on the road, that's the first issue with bananas. Is that, 
Is that yeah. true? I mean, it's, yeah. oh it's, my god, it's, totally. Okay, not falling, but like I'll be <laughs> riding down a road and there's a banana peel on a road and my bike tire will hit it and it doesn't handle it well. It's like it's like the movies, like when you slip on a banana peel. It's like I skid right. a little bit and I'm like, whoa, what was that? I look back and it's a freaking banana peel. I'm like, okay, we should not bring bananas. It's a hazard. There needs to be like right. a no bananas on bikes. <laughs> You have to put it in a bag or something. No, um, I'm kidding. I really, really like bananas and I use them a lot. But um, in terms of... I never tossed my banana peels or trash when riding. I'd have like one pocket dedicated for trash at all times. And so that was also one of the gross things about you come home after the ride and you have like literally a bulging pocket of banana peels and plastic wrappers. I'm just like, there's... This isn't good. (laughs) (laughs) I know. Yeah, it's bad. So back to your question, though, like in terms of the nutrition of using these whole foods, there's not a problem with it. I I liked using whole foods a lot, and it's what I started with. Um, I started with bananas and sweet potatoes and beets, uh, lots of dried figs and dried dates and almonds, goji berries, um, those types of things. But the the, uh, nutrition facts label, like when you look at, a shop block, for example, you know, it's got sodium, it's got carbohydrates, it's got, it's got, doesn't have a lot of fiber in it. Um, and fiber is actually an issue when you're doing a long ride or run because you don't want too much fiber because it can cause GI issues. And that's why a lot of these, these gels have a lot of fake sugars in them because they don't have that added fiber in them. And then the other side of that is the salt. Um, there's a lot of, theories that when you're doing a long ride, a long run, you should replace the salt, which is true. Um, I think that people stretch that a little bit too much and they're doing things like the day before a long day, they're eating entire bags of salt covered pretzels because they think they need salt, which is not really the case. But you do need a little bit of salt when you're sweating that much um, and whole foods just don't have this amount of salt. And um, they're also just not portable. Like that was the biggest problem that I was having. Like I was putting figs and dates in my kit or my pocket or whatever. And they were so sticky and so messy and they would melt and like grab, trying to grab like a handful of almonds and goji berries and like stick them in my mouth on the bike was like essentially impossible. Um, So those are those are the challenges with the whole foods um and then also a lot of people like beverages like um you know tailwind or scratch uh sugary drink mix skaterade all that stuff um and that stuff is essentially hard on the gut um they have it's like all all sugar uh maltodextrin fructose like cane syrup um in a powder and people think that that's easier on your stomach but it's not because again it's got it's got no real ingredients in it it's just sugar so it's hitting your gut and lots of times when you're working out your stomach is essentially empty because you're burning through your fuel stores so quickly so when you're eating this really really processed sugar it's going immediately to your gut these simple sugars you're not you're not used to them so you're going to get cramping and gi issues unless you're really really used to taking in these sugars um so that's why i used a combination of whole foods with a drink mix that I would make myself out of stuff like coconut water or fruit juice, um, adding salt, adding things like that. So I don't know, does that answer your question? Absolutely. And I think so. 
So what we're getting at is on the whole food size spectrum, you lose a little bit of that precision because, mm-hmm. you know, a, a big banana and a small banana, you know, provide different things. Mm-hmm. And and the portability convenience factor, right? Mm-hmm. And on the other end of the spectrum, you get precision and convenience, but it comes along with maltodextrin, fructose, cane syrup, tapioca, rice syrup, all, mm-hmm. you know, stuff that ordinarily all of us would kind of cringe to see on a uh, nutritional facts panel. So Right. Um, and to add to that, sorry. I think the other the other piece of that is a lot of people are buying these bars, um, I don't know, like cliff bars or something with higher calories or higher fat calories because oftentimes like bananas and beets and sweet potatoes and figs and dates, they have they're really, really high in sugars and carbohydrates, but they're not they kind of they go through your digestive system really quickly because of that, especially when you're working out. Um, so maybe people who are going out for an eight to ten hour ride, they need something a little more hefty. But what people don't realize is like you can get that with whole foods. It's just a matter of understanding how and what to what to combine. And you know, if you need caffeine, like there's there's strategies for that. And there's ways to get this nutrition facts panel that looks exactly like that of a goo or a, or a gummy or a cliff bar without sacrificing your health. Well, so let's go there, right? Cause we've, we've, we've colored the ends of the spectrum, whole foods, highly processed foods. And I know, you know, based on the work we've done over the last few months that you figured out the in-between the homemade snack. And obviously that's what we're hoping to work with the Nomad Athlete community to design something that you know maybe provides the precision and, and convenience while still being whole foods. But but it's a process and we don't know where it's going to end up. Uh, again, for those listening, if you go to nomadathlete.com slash fuel survey, would love to know your thoughts on that. Um, but that being said, even if we don't produce this, this uh, solution, um, you can do it at home. And that's what you've been doing for years. So I'd love to get into how you approach making your own uh, treats. Um, but, but first, uh, a quick thank you to our sponsors, uh, the first being Osea Malibu, the original plant-based results-driven skincare line. They put the health and the healthy, uh, uh, continued healthy life of our planet first with potent skin and body care solutions that are pure, safe, and effective. Their entire line is built on these four pillars of ocean, sun, earth, and atmosphere. That's what OSEA stands for. And they pull from botanical sources around the world to create products that are truly effective. Each product is infused with sustainably sourced organic Patagonian seaweed and active botanicals to create a nutrient and mineral rich bioavailable base that can help illuminate your natural radiance. I have been using these products. Unfortunately, my natural radiance is yet to come out, but I think that's a personal <laughs> problem. Uh, my wife has also been using it, and she's looking fantastic. So I think they're actually, no, in all seriousness, um, they make my skin feel amazing. I have never really used uh, any skincare products, but but huge fan of these because they, they really don't feel very oily, but at the same time, uh, you know, feels hydrated after I shave or what have you. So anyway, every product is sustainably packaged. It's non-toxic, cruelty-free, vegan, of course, and made in California. So checks all those boxes that I look for. Um, so go to oseamalibu.com slash athlete. 
That's O-S-E-A Malibu.com slash athlete for a $10 discount on your first purchase over $50. And there's free shipping for U.S. orders, uh, $75 or more, and free samples with every order. We have a second sponsor uh, to thank, uh, Ritual Zero Proof. Um, these are actually some of my favorite sponsors we ever had because it's a uh, solution to a problem that I never really knew I had, but but I don't like to drink alcohol a lot. Um, you know, it makes me tired and, and just not the person I want to be. Uh, and so what they've created, these three friends in Chicago who loved cocktails but also wanted to drink less, um, so that's why they created these these zero proof alternatives, so non-alcoholic uh, cocktail mixers, if you will. Uh, they're crafted from all natural blended botanicals. So you have whiskey, gin, and tequila alternatives, and and they really taste like it. It's it's pretty amazing. So it really is amazing. My wife, who's breastfeeding, she's loving the the gin. Um, you know, she's not a big drinker either, but loves sparkling water, and so she's been pouring the the juniper and cucumber flavors and and creating her little cocktail uh, works perfectly for her but anyway the they've got you know the vanilla and oak that comes through the whiskey the you know blue agave and mexican lime with tequila it's like really impressive even for those who don't want to drink that's the whole point uh it's a great tasting uh you know cocktail mixer so you can still be fun without the alcohol. Um, go to RitualZeroProof.com and use promo code NOMEATATHLETE for 20% off your first purchase. Ritual Zero Proof. Enjoy the ritual without the alcohol. So again, thank you to our sponsors for today's episode. Um, back to the main event. Izzy, <laughs> you know, we were just talking about you got processed on one end and you have uh, Whole Foods on the other you have been rolling your own solution right in the middle for a long time. Tell us, you know, what, what's the secrets? What are some tips and tricks that people can implement if they wanted to, to get in the kitchen and start doing the same? Yeah. Um, so the first thing I would say is purchase a food processor. Um, I know that some people use a blender, which can work, uh, but f- the food processor is like my saving grace. I actually love my food processor. It's just like a regular uh, Cuisinart. Actually, I think I pronounced that wrong. Is it Cuisinart or Cuisine Art? Or is it something I've always different? said Cuisinart. Okay, I feel like every time... But now that time... you mention it, maybe the whole <laughs> world is saying it wrong. Okay, Cuisinart. Maybe you could weigh in on this. We need we need someone to tell us how to pronounce this word. I'm, but um, I'm never going to be able to pronounce it cuisine art because it's very clearly that they're it's cuisine art, right? right. So so now you know you just <laughs> ruined. I'm going to be the idiot at every party who's saying, yeah, we we use a cuisine art. <laughs> we were like, it's cuisine art. It's cuisine <laughs> art. Now I don't even know what I'm saying. Um, but I really love my food processor. That's the one that I have. Um, and there's lots of different brands, and you can get a cheap one somewhere else, I'm sure. Uh, but I was going to say, Cuisine Art is not a sponsor of the podcast. So, no, you know, there's lots, right. of, lots of options out there. <laughs> lots and lots. Of, yeah, it's not a sponsor. It's just the one that I like. And I use a combination of a lots of different things. So I'll start with what I use for my simple, like, quick fuel. Like if I'm, if I'm going out for an hour or two. Um, I don't usually fuel a ton. I don't usually need to eat before if as long as I've had enough, you know, starchy food the night before. 
And so I'll bring it more of like a, as a safeguard because um, I don't really care about bonking unless I'm in a really serious block of training. So I'll mix a combination of dried fruits with real fruit. Um, the reason why I do both dried fruits and real fruit is because of the nutrition facts of both of them. Um, dried fruits are higher in sugar and they're a little bit slower digesting. So they're like slow release fuel, like figs or dates, um, rather than something like a banana. Banana is like, it goes through your system so, so, so fast. So it's that got that problem of sometimes actually can cause the same issues as some of these gels do where you can get a stomach cramp from, um, eating a banana because, because it's really like a lot of sugar to your stomach, um, immediately. So using the dried fruits helps with that. And I actually sometimes will put even in the food processor, like a little bit of tapioca flour or something to just thicken it up or whether that's, um, flour, I try to stay away from nuts and oats, stuff that are higher in slow digesting carbohydrates because those are harder to digest. So those I don't use as much for quick fuel. So the combination of dried fruits and real fruits work really, really well for that easily digestible, fast acting fuel without the stomach ache. Um, so let me, oh, I got to jump in because yeah, you're jump telling in, me jump that, that my training regimen is, is actually backwards in the sense that, so my thinking was if I'm going to ride for, call it a hundred miles, you know, five, six hours, maybe depending on pace, you know, I started with, like I said, Bobo bars, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and those are pure oat. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I was thinking that like, okay, whatever I eat now is going to help me three to five hours from now. Mm-hmm. And then halfway through, so I hit the 50, 60, 70 mile mark, then I transition to simple sugars. Mm-hmm. And uh, or not simple sugars in the sense that I was drinking syrup, but, uh, but, but you know, uh, focusing more on, on say, you know, Larabar or just dates or, right. uh, you know, even the gummies as I get even further because I want that energy to right. hit even Fast. faster. Is that like uh, totally wrong? So no. you just stick, stay away from oats <laughs> even in the early parts? Like, no. How do you approach that? Yeah, okay. Do you, so- do you eat different things early in a race and then later? Yeah, I do. Um, and it's similar to what I just said. And actually your philosophy is spot on um, for what I use. So when I say the fast acting fuel, that's when I'm doing short things. And I really only bring those things for in case I bonk um, because it's exactly what you said. Like I'll take it if I need the really, really quick fast acting fuel because I'll go out in the morning for an hour or two and I won't have eaten anything before. So I'll be on a, like a fasted workout. But if I start bonking mid-workout, I'll take this fast-acting fuel and that'll, that'll be fine for me to finish my short ride, right? Um, but if I'm going on a longer ride, or like you said, if I'm going to ride 100 miles, I'm going up to Ward, you know, I'm going up the canyon. Um, I want a slower release fuel, especially to start. So something like oats, something that's got nuts, nut butters, um, a combination of fruit and nuts, a combination of fruit and oats um, and nut butters because you're gonna you're getting both of this combination of starch and fat that's gonna take a lot, lot longer for your body to digest those things. And so it's gonna be better for slow release because your body will use that, like you said, in a few hours rather than this like quickly digestible fruit um, ball that you make with dried fruits and real fruit. And it honestly depends on the person. You can get the same breakdown of fat to carbs as a cliff bar by 
putting together dried fruit and nut butter and oats, um, or the, you can make your own Bobo's bar super easily. Um, or you can, you know, make a dried fruit that's going to, it's going to act a little bit better than just bringing a date. It's going to stick together better. It's not going to melt. It's going to feel better on your stomach. And it's, and you're able to add things like, you know, citric acid or sea salt for the added sodium. Um, and so does that answer your question? Matt, I think, I think you're muted. I did mute. I did mute. I warned you not to mute because of that <laughs> issue. And here I go muting myself. Uh, I was just drinking some water. didn't want to bang the table. So, um, but, uh, it, that does answer my question. I'm curious. Um, so what is your favorite one or two recipes? If you can just, you know, quickly fire off, if I was to go and try to make my, my own fuel, um, for, you know, typical, maybe two to three hour session of whatever the sport might be, what, what are your go-to combinations that, that you, you think work really well? All right, I'm going to give you three because I think the, the top three p- things that people like to use is either like some sort of fruit, um, some sort of bar, and then also a sports drink. So my fruit combination that I do is just like a little fruit ball, essentially. Um, my favorite combination is dried figs. I use like organic dried Turkish figs. And then I, co- I put some sort of berries in there um, and then in the food processor. Um, and then I will also use a little bit of sea salt. And then I'll put like a couple tablespoons of rice flour or tapioca flour in there to like bind it together. And then I'll either just take that or I'll bake it for a little bit, just depending on the day. Um, it doesn't really matter because I'm using this like purely as fuel. And then I'll add sea salt um, to that so that I can get a little bit of sodium. So I'll put that together in a food processor. I'll use that as either like a little bite size thing or I'll make bars out of it and I'll chill it overnight. Um, if I put it in like a like a baking sheet or something after food processing it together, you can um, bake it and then put it in the fridge overnight and it works really, really awesome for a fast acting bar. Um, and then cool. and if you want to go further and make a gummy out of that, you can add agar or pectin, which is plant-based like gelatin. And that's also how you make homemade jam. Fun fact. <laughs> So that's for like little homemade gummies, combinations of dried fruits and real fruits. For a slow, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. No. Okay. I was going to go on to the slower release fuel, but you can ask a question if you want about the agar pectin. (laughs) Well, actually, I'm I'm asking one about precision. So I know you've studied this stuff a lot and probably at this point have a sense for, you know, how much of each ingredient to add. But for the listener at home who's going to go and, mix this stuff up in their Vitamix or their food processor, their cuisine, cuisine art. Cuisine uh, art. <laughs> what do you suggest like, you know, chronometer or some app to allow uh, for a little bit of a, a, a ballpark? Cause I know, you know, there's a lot of people listening probably who, who just know that, you know, they, they need to get 150 calories per a half hour. And, and, you know, they like to aim for these, you know, different sort of um, thresholds in terms of micronutrients. Right. Right. Uh, so so how do you kind of ease your, your mind in terms of knowing you're getting what you need when you're just throwing stuff in your cuisine art? 
Um, yeah, that's a great question. I I basically base it off the calories of the highest calorie thing that I'm putting in there. Um, so regular berries don't have a lot of calories in them. It's, you know, for a cup of them, it's 100-something ca- calories. And you're not usually intaking a whole cup of berries when you're eating one of these balls. Um, and I make the balls of fruit the, about the size of what the dried fruit is sizes, whatever dried fruit I'm using, I don't use any sort of like chronometer or my fitness pal because I do it based on eyeballing. So if I know that three dates are 120 calories, when I put my dates and my fruit into a food processor, I make the balls the size of those three dates. And then I know that ballpark, this is probably about 150 calorie range. Um, And if I make it smaller, if I divide that into thirds, I know that that's going to be about the calories of one date. And this is really all you need to do um, in terms of making your food because it doesn't need to be as precise as you think it does, especially when you're training and you're making your own stuff because this fuel is all about how it acts in your body, like oxidative priority of how your body is digesting these ingredients. Is it using it quickly or is it using it slowly? So for a slower release fuel, you can put together in your food processor a combination of dried fruit, nuts, nut butters, and oats. Literally the easiest thing ever. You just food process it together. If you want measurements, I usually use like a cup of oats, a half cup of nut butter, a few dried figs, and then some dried fruit, like a cup of, or a cup of fresh fruit. And then I'll just food process it together. I'll press it into a baking sheet, put a little maple syrup in it if I want to make it stick. And then I'll put it in overnight. And those are going to be much more higher in calories. So again, I'll do the same thing. I'll take the oats and the dried fruit and the nut butters and I'll see, okay, how much of this am I putting in? How many calories is that about? And then I'll just divide it by however many, you know, bars that I'm making. So it's really as simple as that. And putting together those slower release fuels and then the quick release fuels is really the only concept that you should focus on is like, okay, is this for a long day? Is this going to release after three hours in my body or is this going to be used after 20 minutes? Um, so that'd be my advice for that. Awesome. Cool. And I think you, you had one or two other suggestions, yeah. maybe even a drink. Yes. I think the drink is where a lot of people get stuck. Um, you don't need to use those powers, the powders, because those things are awful and they make you feel bad. I promise. <laughs> Um, I've tried every single one of them, even the ones that are flavorless. I just, I can't, I can't do them. So I started using my own and I actually based it off of Rich Roll. He has a book um, where he describes his fueling protocol for the Epic Five triathlon that he did, um, which was five Ironman triathlons in five different Hawaiian islands. And he does it all off of like almond butter sandwiches and coconut water or something like that. So I based yeah. my... In, in six in six days, right? Right, yeah. I think it's fi- yes, five or six days, five Ironman. I think, they, I think they aimed for five days, but like maybe had a, like yeah. a flight delay. It was, it was crazy. They're like traveling yeah. while also doing that stuff. Anyway. But it's actually on my bucket list to do this, by the way. I have a friend who we want to do it really bad like in the next five years. So we'll see. <laughs> But, um, so I base my drinks with coconut water because that stuff is epic. Like it's got everything you need in it, including, um, sodium or electrolytes already in there, natural electrolytes. I'll add like to a huge thing of coconut water. I'll place it into two different bike water bottles. I'll put half a lime, half a lemon, a splash of beet juice, and I'll add sea salt 
if I want the extra sodium. So for a race, I'll add sea salt. If I'm just training, I often I often don't worry about the sodium as much. Um, and then sometimes I'll add some maple syrup um, if I want a little bit more of a sweeter taste. But beet juice is super, super good for endurance. So is cherry juice. Sometimes I'll do that. Um, and then limes and lemons are great with electrolytes. And then the coconut water is like the essential magic drink fuel. See, I'm, I'm going to do that thing again where like I'm snacking on, on your treats right now and I'm going to go like <laughs> dig up uh, these ingredients, whatever I have, happen to have because like that sounds like a fantastic drink regardless of you know, whether or not you're, you're racing. You know? Oh, yeah. Put some lemon. like sparkling water in there. <laughs> exactly. Lemon, lime, coconut water, some sparkling. Yeah. For yeah. Cherry juice. Yeah. It sounds fantastic. It's so yummy. <laughs> yeah. And it's like you're, it's this stuff is so rewarding because if you make your own stuff that you like the flavor of, it's like you're you're having a picnic, like your whole training session. You're like, oh, yum. I get to take another sip of my super yummy drink. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I uh, pl- Plus, like to me, the worst part about those gummies or like the, the powders is like it, it's that aftertaste, you know, whether yeah. or not or, or maybe it's not even aftertaste. It's if it's the after mouthfeel. Yeah, you know, it's like, like you're coated it, in sugar. Yeah, like if it's real sugar, it feels like you're coated in sugar and, and it's like dry and, and just it's not very pleasant. And then you just got to suck down a bunch of water and hope it goes away. But then if it's like not real sugar, yeah, it's even worse it's little... because you have that like weird stevia aftertaste that like I, I think is worse. Right. Oh, yeah. It's awful. It's so it's so bad. I agree. It's just not fun. awesome. <laughs> well, thank you for sharing those practical tips. I'm super excited to go try them out myself. Although I have to say, given that you've just handed me a bunch of your treats uh, yesterday, <laughs> that I, I don't know that I need to because um, you've got me well stocked. But well uh, stocked. Do you have any parting advice, any thoughts, any any requests of our audience before we part ways today? I think that the number one thing is that there's so much information out there. And if I've learned anything from my experience as a plant-based athlete and my performance increasing so, so, so much on this way of life is do it yourself and um, prioritize whole foods and you'll feel better. Awesome. Eat whole foods. Great, great advice to, to part ways. Um, and again, uh, for the listeners, if, if you'd like to engage more with us on this topic, please do go to nomeatathlete.com slash fuel survey. It's just six questions and that'll get you into a process where we're going to be um, asking a few more questions probably over the next few weeks and uh, starting to send out some samples and, and just really designing something that we can all benefit from. Um, because I, like I said, from the thousands of people who have filled out that survey so far, it seems like the, the whole world isn't quite happy between uh, whole foods and ultra process on the other hand. And so finding that, that balance in the middle that's also convenient and has a little bit of that precision that we're looking for. Um, we're trying to figure it out and we need your help. So please do take a look at that survey and thanks so much for listening today. Yeah, thank you so much, Matt. So fun. Thanks for being here, Izzy. All, All right, right, have a great day. Have a good day. Bye.